0: Good afternoon, good evening, all right, so I'm going to ready this Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Welcome to the year 2020, the first Eagle Eyes on Tech of 2020. As we are now, I actually, I actually have been doing a terrible job of actually signifying the milestones of Eagle Eyes on Tech, but this is our fourth year of Eagle Eyes on Tech. And it actually officially started in late October of last year. It's crazy. Regardless though, CES is this week, the consumer electronic show, where we are going to get a first look at all of the wacky tech and the tech trends that are going to be coming out in the year 2020. Last year, we saw all sorts of amazing things, including a repairable laptop with a desktop CPU socket on it that was completely 100% upgradable and weighed under 7 pounds, which honestly is still incredible, all things considered, but it still lost out to fake meat. Yes, I am still salty about that. That still annoys me that fake meat won the Consumer Electronics Show. <sighs> anyway, let's talk about Wise. Wise has had a huge data leak, which has exposed 2.4 million. Customers. Wise is a home security camera company, and if you're like me when you saw Wise, you were thinking these things. I am holding in my hands one of the Wise thin clients. These atrocious pieces of microcomputing that have about the same compute power as your watch and end up becoming tech garbage the instant they were made. These things are terrible. Don't do them. I don't even know why I have one. They're terrible. But no, different WISE. Not the same company. WISE, in fact, does home security. They, in fact, have cloud storage-based security cameras, which means, of course, that anything your security camera says is stored in the cloud. So, good news! 2.4 million of you have just had all videos in your own personal home breached to the dark, to the black market. Yay! Oh, yeah, in addition to your name, ad- address, phone number, credit card numbers, social security numbers, and blah, 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 all that jazz. Uh... Once again, I just want to point out A lot of people call me crazy for setting up my own home cloud, for actually refusing to use a major cloud service and instead opting to store anything I want, quote, on the cloud, on my own personal cloud. This is why. This is why. Right here now. I don't recommend everyone goes to the extreme lengths that I have with a home server rack and an entire room that is considered too loud to be in and whatnot. But I'm just saying, home NAS and just buying security cameras might be a better way to go than these if you don't want random strangers to get access to them. Between the Nest cameras and this. I'll just say, called it. Moving on, though, WhatsApp is dropping support for Windows Phone and older versions of Android and iOS. So, first off, WhatsApp, I forgot, existed. I'm not going to lie. I mean, raise your hand. How many of you remember that WhatsApp existed? We actually do have a few people in chat who did know that WhatsApp existed. I completely forgot what WhatsApp was. I had to actually go and look it up just because most of the messaging I do now is on Discord. But regardless, WhatsApp has dropped support for Windows Phone, which, yes, I too actually forgot Windows Phone existed until this article came out. And... What are considered obsolete versions of Android and iOS. This kind of brings us to... The weirdest sort of Catch-22 we're in. Because on one hand, you need to update to be secure. You do. You need to update your phone. You need to update your computer. You need to update, etc., etc., etc. Update, 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 update. But at the same time... Updating can ruin setups. Just for example, my keyboard software updated this morning and all my macro buttons are gone. All the lighting that was programmed it, programmed in it is gone. And in fact, a custom lighting scheme in it that I never put on took over. Why? I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to know. All I know is that that's what it does now. Thanks, Razer. That was great. I have Now, I don't know if it's just my keyboard because it's older and through a switch and whatnot, and that might have affected it, or if it is a, a, a widespread sort of issue. So don't take my bash against the Razer keyboard as fact for what everyone else is having. That's just a situation that I have currently. But you take it to something more serious. I had a Windows update that actually made it. So my GoXLR mixer that I used to record this podcast, the compressor didn't work. So when I talked to the mic, you got inaudible garbage. That was not good. That's a much more serious problem. But then again, at the same time, you know, if I don't update ever, well, then what happens when support just stops? Because, of course, what's the point if all my data is now vulnerable because I never updated? And then apps like WhatsApp cut support because they're just like, yeah, I'm sorry, you're on an obsolete version. So you got to update, but you can't update to the latest version because otherwise you could find yourself having a bad time. So there you go. The reminder that updates are terrible but necessary. Shifting gears radically, the FAA... Wants the ability to track all drones. You want to talk about a hobby that it feels like another job with the amount of paperwork you have to follow in order to do it. Drones. This actually originally started like, what was it? 10 years ago was when we first started seeing quadcopter drones at CES. And she's like, oh, that's kind of neat, whatever. And then just a couple years ago, or actually, what was it, five years ago, six years ago, something like that, drones finally hit the mainstream, and tons of people, not everyone, but a large number, started using them irresponsibly. Flying drones near, near aircraft, flying them near airports, there is, in fact, a. I believe I actually have the story. Maybe I axed it because it wasn't wasn't a whole lot to talk about. There is a swarm of glo- of of drones in Colorado that no one seems to know who they belong to, but they are just out there creating a nuisance for everyone involved. So now, for those of them, those people who are using drones responsibly to go ahead and take, I don't know, pictures of their own house, just flying them like a remote control pl- plane as, as a hobby, just having them for fun. Now you have to register your device to the U.S. government if you're within the states. <sighs> Man, I am so glad my hobbies don't involve having to report to the FAA or the FTC or the FT anything or the the F anything. I'm so glad all I do is stream podcast and collect servers. Now, it is important to mention this is just a proposal for right now. As Chad is reminding me, this is a proposal, but let's be honest, it's going to pass. It is going to pass. These things almost never not get passed, especially right now when drones are considered such a problem rather than looked at a hobby that is misused, which is what they are. They are viewed right now as a problem, and I guarantee you this is going to end up being passed before the end of the year. Uh, it, it's it's actually hard to say whether whether there would be a split regarding this with party lines or not. Unfortunately, right now, like both sides of it. Have a problem, but regardless, we will see how that goes down the road. Oh, there we go. Unjust man wants to remind us that uh, the feds will not require waifu registration. Ah, uh, we found the loophole. Just have a waifu. AT and also found a loophole around having five G listed on their phones. The loophole being, they could actually make five G. And therefore, they would not be called liars for having 5G listed on their phones when there's no 5G. <laughs> there, nailed that one. So yeah, at t is actually making real 5G. However, their naming scheme, it, it makes you want to go to your aspirin bottle because it is going to give you a headache. So here's how it works. AT&T now has five, or I'm sorry, three different 5Gs. They have 5GE, which is a lie. They have 5G, which is low-band 5G spectrum, kind of similar to what T-Mobile is doing. And then they have 5G+, which is the millimeter wave form of 5G that is super cool when all the stars align and you have a great signal but until then it is absolute garbage you know what's more surprising to me the fact that AT&T has been called out on this by 90% of the world and they still want to insist that 5 G E is a real thing Really? Folks, I just want to tell you now, before AT&T launches 5G in a few more cities and claims that we have the world nation's first real 5G network, the fact that they still consider LTE, which is a 4G technology, as 5G, because AT&T is drinking way too much of their own Kool-Aid. <sighs> also, I love the fact that, um, and this actually, actually this, is, this isn't this is a story, but it's just a story with, that is one of the reasons why I have a beef with AT&T. Our own work, we have a credit card reader that is used for the front counter. And that thing is slow. I kid you not, it takes a full minute to process a credit card. You know what the best part is? according to at&t our company has a 50 megabit symmetrical fiber line coming to us and i kind of doubt that just because i look at the modem and it's it looks like a dsl modem but according to them that we're getting the speeds that we're advertising for you know despite the fact that uh uh any speed test I run shows twenty down and one up. And the fact that you know our credit card reader can't transmit a credit card and it connects via Wi-Fi and the and the modem Wi Fi combo units for our work is literally, I kid you not, three yards away from the build from from the distance is three yards so now people in chat are are saying that AT&T takes fiber to the building and then converts it to a copper signal that could very well be all i know is 50 down and 50 up there is no reason for a credit card to, tra- to transfer in two minutes and time out in its connection, so I mean, I'll put I'll put that disclosure out there. I have a bad history with AT and T, but at the same time, I have no idea how you can defend AT and T's use of five G E. Now, speaking of, we were talking earlier about uh, things that would pass through the federal government. The federal government has, in fact, passed a law banning one of the most obnoxious things about the cable industry. Ooh, I should actually do a trace route at work. I'll have to remember that for tomorrow. But regardless, cable companies, one of the things they would do is they'd have a whole bunch. Of small hidden fees. And and, and of course, it varies from cable company to cable company. Your particular cable company may not do this, but it is something that's notorious in the cable industry. And it's in fact one of the reasons why a lot of people out there are getting rid of their cable boxes and their cable connections and switching to streaming only. It is in fact referred to as cutting the cord. Even though you have an internet cord coming into your home to... Anyway, the point is is that all fees that are brought up must be shown in contract, in writing, before any consumer signs the contract. Now, someone in the chat asked how many cable companies are even left. The only ones I know of are in our area Spectrum, which used to have Charter and Time Warner Cable, but they are now Spectrum. And then Comcast. Uverse, I think, is technically considered a cable company, even though they are not technically cable the cable company that is spelled c-o-x but i'm not going to say it on the mic because that's going to be considered offensive to people who are listening i've heard a lot of people say they dislike spectrum i the spec spectrum here is actually like pretty good i've had very minimal problems With uh, Spectrum. But that's at least here in my area. Your mileage may vary. Like around here, AT&T is hot garbage. But my brother out in California is begging to have AT&T because over there it's much better. That and his other option is Comcast. Who wins golden poop awards because of how bad they are. But I digress back to the whole law. cable companies must now be upfront about the fact that their low low price their advertising is in fact only for a temp- for a short amount of time and it and also include and also any sort of hidden fees that may be included so that fifty dollar a month cable bill they have to be upfront about the fact there are a hundred and fifty other fees on top of that. Those aren't real numbers. I just pulled them out of my butt. At this time, I do not know if the bill has been signed up. Never mind. Here we go. President Trump has signed this legislation into law in recent days and is set to go into effect in six months, providing the FCC doesn't intervene. I have a hard time seeing the FCC intervening, but... If there's anything I've learned, never assume. Honestly, that's something that's been a long time coming. I don't know how it took them that long. Spectrum actually got banned from operating in New York. The city or the state? Wow. We're we're getting some pretty good uh, horror stories in the chat. They are banned from operating in New York City. Dang. All right. Shifting gears radically. Apple is filing lawsuit to threaten and outlaw jailbreaking of Apple devices. Jailbreaking, for those who don't know, is side-installing applications onto an Apple device, such as an iPad, an iPhone, or an iPod, to bypass Apple's walled garden. The company Corellium has, in fact, published a letter blasting Apple for trying to take legal action to make users of Apple devices legally responsible if they try to jailbreak their devices, which is rather outrageous. Considering the fact that, well it's your device like here's one of the things that's actually kind of annoyed me about Apple even though when push comes to shove any Apple device I've ever had I've never, I I've, i take that back I jailbroke one iPod Touch I had but Apple's insisting that Your device must be used in the way that's approved by Apple is stupid. I'm sorry, Apple. You make hardware and software. I am the user, and I'm going to use what I want, how I want. This keyboard I have in front of me, it's a Razer keyboard. It's meant for gaming. Guess what? What? I am going to use it to type a letter. If this is an Apple keyboard, guess what? I'm going to use it to do what I want. If I'm going to go ahead and use software to make every key a macro key and have it not be used as a keyword at all, guess what? As the consumer, I can do that. I'm sorry. That's how things go. So, for this additional push to ban jailbreaking, I'm sorry. You're out of your mind. Even though, in my opinion, jailbreaking an Apple device is silly. Absolutely and completely silly. Just because most of the time when you jailbreak it, you end up having the performance suffer. And I do mean suffer. But the fact of the matter is, that's still my choice. If I want to make it that I have an animated wallpaper that changes based on the weather, that's my decision to make. We actually have chat here providing me an article regarding uh, the condition of spectrum within New York. New York regulators reached settlement with Charter Spectrum. According to the Democrat and Chronicle, part of the USA Today Network, after years of fighting, Charter Spectrum in New York announced that announced an agreement Friday to allow the cable company to stay in the state if it expands its high-speed internet ser- service to underserviced areas. The deal comes after the state public service commission voted in July 2018 to start, start to kick Charter out of New York. For those who don't know, Charter is one of the two companies that merged to become... What is now known as Spectrum. I already said that earlier, but I'm going to say it again. The, the article continues saying that it failed to live up to its promises to bolster its broadband services. On Friday, the sides say they have reached a compromise. The commission said Charter will need to double its investment in outstate New York, which in 2016 was estimated at $305 million. The article then then continues. The expansion would need to be completed by September 30th, 2021. Well, there you go. And honestly, assuming that uh, some of the people in chat who have told me about bad service in New York, that their numbers are correct, this is a long time coming. Because, like, I'm out in... I wouldn't say the city. We're close to the main main city in my area, but not quite. And our base charter speeds start at 200 megabits down and 10 up, which is more than enough for most people. So, I mean, there's no excuse for this. Step up your game, Spectrum. That's all I got to say. Speaking of getting your act together, we have Sonos, who has officially lost any respect for me they had before. Sonos has put out a feature on their speakers called Recycling Mode. What Recycling Mode would do... is that it would prevent the speaker from being used. And the whole thought of this was, hey, you put it in this recycling mode before you send it off to be scrapped after you no longer need it. And it makes it so that no one can get your information off the speaker. Uh, Pretty smart, huh? You know, no, no one can get your personal information. Because, of course, these speakers are smart speakers. It is actually possible to do that. Here's the problem. And here's the problem that actually hit, hurts. This hits home for me especially. There is no way to take a sono speaker out of recycling mode. There is a two-week window when you can disable recycling mode, but... If you miss that window, that speaker is permanently unusable. And the only way to restore it back is to replace the main board that knows it's in recycling mode. It's basically a self-destruct button that the only way you can now use it is either as a paperweight... Or to send it off to be melted down into its base elements again. Really? Do you know how these speakers are, are normally recycled? Do you know how most electronics are actually recycled? The memory is wiped and they're resold. There are actually there are countless companies. I actually have I personally have very good relations with a company that does exactly that specifically for industrial and office equipment and professional computers, specifically for restoring them to factory original, specifically for. Make them reusable again. So here's the thing. If you have a Sonos speaker and you're ready to get rid of it, reset it to factory original. Do not! Underline. Do not! Set it to recycling mode. It's that simple. That's all you got to do. Oh, let's talk about something I don't want to talk about because it's inevitable. California has released their own data protection act. They call it the California consumer privacy act. The CCPA. It is in a way supposed to mimic the GDPR a data law passed in the EU to protect EU customers from having their data stolen, leaked, etc., etc., etc. All companies that operate within the state of California must be compliant with the law, despite the fact that, as of the time talking about it, The law has not been fully fleshed out yet. California has actually passed this law, the CCPA, and all of the details of what being in compliance with the law means has not been fleshed out yet. And yes, it is in effect. It went into effect as of January 1st. But if the California government deems that you are not in compliance with the law, you can expect wonderful, heavy fines. Oh, boy. Thanks. Thanks for that. I I needed that in my life. So, there we go. Have fun with that. We'll be keeping post on that because odds are, I mean, this is going to be talked about. As soon as CES is over, every tech outlet's going to be looking at it. It's like, so, California, um, what? Now, they did flesh out a couple of things. I should actually clarify that. You only have to obey the law if a... Your company is based in California. B. Actually, I should, I should. You have to follow like all of these. All right. A. Your company is in California. If you're out of California, then you're safe. Over half of your revenue comes from selling customer data. You now have to conform with this law that is not written. Or if you have a online user base and collect data of 50,000 users or more. Oh, and for bonus points, by the way, the law does not specify what qualifies as a user. So let's pretend that uh, I had realbusiness.com. All right, and it's my placeholder site for my new Californian, uh, I don't know, used computer website that's based in California for some reason. What is a user? Are users the ones who actually buy something from me? Or are they just people who actually visit the site? Because just by visiting, I now have information. I know that IP 1.2.3.4, or whoever... I actually don't know if 1.2.3.4 is a valid IP. I think it is. I digress. I now know that 1.2.3.4 is located here, because, of course, by having the IP, I now have most of the information associated with that IP, and also, more than likely, who is behind that IP. I don't know for certain, but... That is information I now technically do have. So which is it? The law doesn't state that. And that is essential for something like this. And, you know, for bonus points, if you really wanted to mess with someone and you were really malicious, if they decided that hits on your site counts as users... What happens when you're DDoSed? You have millions of hits. Does that now mean that Joe Schmo and trying to sell three laptops online now has to be in compliance with this law? Poorly written laws, everyone. California's number one export. Give them a round of applause, everyone. Good job. Good job. And finally, before we get to our first break, Google has had to go and slap Xiaomi a little bit. Xiaomi had a device called the Xiaomi leak. Or I'm sorry, the the Xiaomi link, which did in fact leak. To other users. Other users were able to, by complete accident, access other Xiaomi links' camera feeds. <laughs> And Xiaomi has not commented on uh, how this happened. They have, however, said that they're working on it. This, of course, is now because this is the year 2020, which is also close enough to being the year 2019 and the year of Chinese spying. Instantly being brought up as is, Sao- is Xiaomi spying on us? Is Xiaomi a tool of the Chinese government? And of course, the correct answer is, we have no clue! It could be. We don't know. All I know is... I covered the camera on my uh, my Echo Show. And it's going to stay covered forever. Anyone who hacks into my Echo Show, which is now my alarm clock, all they're going to see is darkness which is good as it should be we're going to take a break here we actually went for 40 minutes with the opening segment holy cow when we come back we have a lot more to talk about including Samsung confusing the ever loving heck out of us with more phones (laughs) Oh, that's why welcome back you guys on tech I'm Eagle Falcon apologies about that we had a bit of technical difficulties but regardless between the break I was talking with the chat about how Apple might be a professional tech troll we were talking for a bit how what Three years ago, four years ago, three years ago, the iPhone X came out, introduced the notch and literally everyone else followed and did exactly that. Despite the fact that it was now making awkward screens that were not standard to anything. And it, and now just, it plagues phones to this day. Now, granted, it's a lot better. In the example of the Note 10, it's now just reduced to a small hole punch to where the camera is. I would argue it's unnecessary, but, you know, what do I know? I'm clearly losing that fight. But Apple does this. They keep introducing elements that are jarring and, when push comes to shove, are terrible-looking. But they catch on in the tech world. Enter in two new phones that Samsung will launch. The Galaxy S10 Lite and the Note 10 Lite. These phones are both launching at CES. And uh, there's some notable features about them. First off, they are both 6.7 inch devices, which I'm not going to lie. I do like. I do like large screen phones. But then again I'm also a power user, so I use my phone a lot. The Note 10 Plus will have a will have a stylus and the S10 Plus will have three cameras. Both of which feature what they call their Infinity O display, which is the edge-to-edge OLED screen with the hole punch at the middle, top of the screen. Both of which feature a 4500 milliamp battery. And you know what they both also feature? Square camera bumps. (laughs) I kid you not. Both of these Samsung phones feature the exact same style of camera bump. Not quite exact, because it's not the, the triple triangle pattern with huge camera lenses that Apple has. No, it's, there's just a square black box on the back of both of these phones. exactly like apple because god forbid that any phone company has an original thought well apple got rid of the headphone jack let's get rid of the headphone jack thanks samsung thanks for being brainless oh we should release a new phone we should go ahead and just have a square camera bump yeah sure why not This actually does freaking tick me off way more than it should. But in any case, both of them are using 8-core CPUs. The S10 is using a Snapdragon processor with 6 or 8 gigs of RAM, whereas the Note 10 Lite will finish a 10-nanometer Exynos processor. No details on the specs, both of which have 128 gigabytes of storage. We have no idea if they have a headphone jack Or an SD card reader. I'm willing to bet against it. Because if Samsung's dumb enough. To copy this black. Camera bump nonsense. Well then guess what? They probably copied the fact that there's no headphone jack. Or SD card reader. Either. No word on whether they have fingerprint readers. I'd assume so, seeing as how a single camera for facial recognition is awful. No word on what they will cost, but they will both run Android 10 and run the One UI. I mean, I've already ranted enough about The fact that they're literally blatantly copying Apple's camera bump. But the fact that they are saying these are going to be cheaper phones, but don't release the one feature that matters the most, the price is maddening, literally maddening. You might as well have just said, We have stuff to show. Because that's literally what you said. We now know there's going to be two phones. We don't know the important part about it. <sighs> In other CES news, we are going to. Well, this isn't really CES news. We are seeing. Uh, rumors pop up of what the pixel 4a which is supposed to be the cheap version of the pixel 4 is going to look like we are expecting to see a hole punch for the front facing camera there's going to be no radar sensors or anything like that we are expecting one single camera with a square camera bump again a rear fingerprint reader a headphone jack and is going to be cost is going to cost less than the Pixel 4 specs otherwise in the end are going to be on par with the Pixel 4 so here's what's maddening to me about this the only thing the Pixel 4 has Over this Pixel 4a, that we're seeing is that the Pixel 4 has two cameras versus the Pixel 4a's one. Other than that, the Pixel 4a is an improvement. The huge, and I do want to emphasize the huge. Camera forehead on the Pixel 4 is gone, replaced instead with a hole punch, which, I mean, it sucks. It sucks that that's happened, but at the same time, I mean, as much as I prefer to have a forehead and a chin on a phone, the forehead on the Pixel 4 was absurd because they had to fit a radar in there for something that no one's going to use. There's now a fingerprint reader, and it's now built into the back instead of being under the screen, which was terrible. It has a headphone jack, which the Pixel 4 did not. Like, this is actually a better phone than the Pixel 4. Like, actually better. No word, of course, on what the price is going to be, but to give a comparison, the Pixel 3 was a $700 phone, and the Pixel 3a was a $400 phone. So, I mean, if it follows the same sort of thing, wouldn't you pay $300 less for a better phone from the same manufacturer? Sounds good to me. I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. What I wouldn't do is have too much faith in Intel who has, in fact, leaked out what to expect from their Comet (laughs) Lake. I said that completely wrong. Comet Lake processors. What we are seeing from them excuse me what we were seeing is unfortunately the article I grabbed does not have a grid well regardless we're expected to see up to 10 cores 20 threads with a base clock speed of only 3 gigahertz but will have a maximum all-core boost of 4.9 gigahertz, and even with their new feature they're calling Velocity Boost, be able to reach up to 3.5 gigahertz without overclocking. Velocity Boost is what Intel is calling a new turbo boost feature that will try to boost up to that speed, and will be verified to be able to boost up to that speed If it is under a certain temperature threshold. I believe the threshold they set was 50 C. So, you know, water cool it. And you'll see 5.3 gigahertz sometimes, maybe. Look, I'll give them credit. This is more than I expected out of them. I honestly didn't expect... Until they have a whole lot up, up their sleeves. And it turns out they really don't. This is pretty much just a tweak of the original Skylake processors. Because that's what they've all been. It's been the Skylake architecture that just kept refining and 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 refining, and refining and Over and over and over again. And not really improving it a whole lot. That's how it's been for Years. And in fact, if you're looking for cheap laptops, hunt down Skylake-based laptops. You will have about the same amount of performance, except, of course, there'll only be four cores as opposed to whatever the heck we're going to get now. But there you have it. That is Intel's answer that we're probably going to hear about at CES. What we're also possibly going to be seeing, although I have no idea if this actually is going to be working or not, and probably should have been put into the weird section of the podcast, but I digress. It's here now. Apple has put in a patent for virtual surround sound audio. How does it work? I don't know. But their diagram is specifically just going to say, hey, our laptop will have two speakers in it. And then emulate a source that is far enough away from the laptop that it seems like it's there when it's actually not. You know, this sounds cool. and I'd love to see how it's done. Here's the problem. Apple's never going to do it. You know, they're not going to do it. You want to know why Apple's not going to do it? Because Apple files these patents all the time and never uses them. It's like Apple's hobby. Make patents that actually have cool ideas in them and then never use them. Ever. Thanks. Thanks for that. Something that's a bit weirder, though, is rumors popping up that Apple is working on a $5,000 gaming Mac. (laughs) What? (laughs) Are you kidding me? So... Macs have never been known for gaming. Never. Even when people try to lie to themselves and say, oh, they can game on my Mac Pro, you know that your in that your AMD GPU in there, or maybe your NVIDIA one, is a 25 watt part at best. But there's rumors now saying that with the success of the Mac Pro. That there, are, that there could be a Mac Pro-like device focused on gaming. And also based on the fact that Apple has had a whole lot of success with the Apple Arcade. That being their subscription service to actually get games that don't try to milk you for all your worth, unlike every other mobile game in existence. But I think that's kind of the thing. Apple Arcade works because the mobile market for games is awful. I'm sure that you, as the listener, probably have a few mobile games that you love. But you know it and I know it. The overwhelming majority of mobile games out there are terrible, underline, terrible, half-baked, poorly-coded, subpar games that are simplistic in nature but go out of their way to upsell you on either more time playing in the game, additional features in the game, or my personal favorite, loot boxes. Well, we'll see. Good luck, Apple. I'm just telling you, the reason the Apple Arcade is successful is not because you're a gaming company. It is because the mobile market is really that bad. But you do that. You do you, Apple. In addition to that, Apple is going back to the table to try... And by Imagination Technologies, which is a company that develops GPUs. Now, it is thought that Imagination Technologies is primarily made for GPUs in mobile devices rather than for desktops. For the desktop market, it's going to be AMD GPUs. Because for whatever reason... Apple has burnt the bridge between them and NVIDIA. And we're never, we're never going to see another NVIDIA GPU in an Apple device ever again. We just aren't. I'm sorry. It's never going to happen. And that does make me sad. But there is no way Imagination Technologies, who currently makes ARM-based GPUs, is going to be making a GPU that is made for the Mac. It's going to be for the iPhone. It's going to be for the iPad. I'll just tell you that right now. Are we sick of Apple news? I'm sick of Apple news. Let's talk about televisions. Samsung is introducing an 8K LED TV. Doubly called the Q900T, that in fact has no bezels, none, zip, zero. Take that, Dell! And will be showcased at CES. Now, here's the fun thing about this this TV which I am scrolling through to try and find the size, but I have a feeling I'm going to get it in centimeters because I got this from a, I believe a Dutch site is where I originally got got this from. This TV is originally... I They actually don't say what the size is. That is actually fascinating. But I digress. This thing, no bezels, massive size. If I had to guess, it's probably going to be like an 80-inch or 100-inch or something like that. Is going to be... I'll just call it now. It's going to be the TV that wins CES. I am convinced of this. Now, there is one problem I have with this TV. It's an 8K TV. We don't even have 4K content! We don't! Most places can't even get it! Where are you going to find 8K content to put on this TV? I mean, yeah, it's future-proofing yourself. I mean, go for it, but... Okay, you, you, you do that. I just realized I have two articles that are for the same thing. I'm quickly skimming through the other article, which actually is English from Engadget to see if it does in fact say, say what size the Samsung TV is. It looks like we have no idea. It is a seven. It's a 7680 by 4320 resolution display. 600 nits of brightness, it supports HDMI 2.1 and H.265, nope, they do not say what the size is, we'll have to see that down the road, alright, we do have leaks about a new AMD graphic cards, We have specifications about the RX 5600 XT, which would sit, obviously, between the 5500 and the 5700. So we do have another stopgap GPU, and honestly, right there, you've lost me. No, I get that the 5600 is an important GPU, but realistically, this GPU is going to change... Nothing other than be another option for those who are hunting for GPUs. Like, I'll be honest, my interest is gone. I I want to see what the 5800 and the 5900 bring. Those are the two GPUs that AMD is going to have to make, and it's going to have to really beat NVIDIA. And I do mean beat It has to do it, period. No questions asked. That being said, I mean, we're seeing, you know, it doesn't even matter. (laughs) It really doesn't even matter with this thing. It is going to be a six gigabyte card with a 1235 megahertz base clock with a 1460 boost and a supposed 1620. Megahertz game clock, I, I as I'm quickly going through this. Oh, here we go. 2304 stream processors, which is actually dangerously close to its step-up buddy, the 5700. So it could be a good GPU if you are in the hunt for a budget gaming graphic cards for your PC. I personally am more interested in something bigger, something that is actually going to compete with NVIDIA, which we might have actually had. There are leaks of a Navi 12 GPU. And these could in fact just be, the. actually it is, never mind. Never mind. I should have just scrapped that story. Alright, so moving on. Back to CES news, we do expect to see the Ryzen Seven for I'm sorry, the Ryzen Four Thousand series processors. AMD has currently made the gaming PC market and actually the the, the computing market be turned upside down with what happened. The Ryzen Three Thousand series processors were much better than even AMD's hype train made it out to be. So looking at Ryzen 4000, we expect minor bumps. But there is, in fact, one category that AMD right now doesn't really have a foothold in when it comes to compute. AMD processors right now are the top dog when it comes to servers. When it comes to creation computers, when it comes to streaming computers, when it comes to multi-test computers, when it comes to budget computers, AMD has hit everything except for gaming. Gaming, AMD is still really good at, but Intel is still technically a better choice. That being said, if you were building a gaming system, I would totally just go for Ryzen. I just would. The more cores future-proofs yourself and what little performance you lose by going with with AMD instead of Intel is negligible. That's just my opinion. But technically, Intel is better for gaming. But there is one thing I didn't mention in that. Laptops. Laptops. Right now, there are no AMD processors that are good for laptops. Until now. AMD plans on releasing the Ryzen 4000 APUs at CES, and they will include a mobile variant of them. So we will be seeing processors like the one that has leaked. The Ryzen 7 4800U, which is an 8-core, 16-thread mobile processor that starts at 1.8 gigahertz, but can boost all the way up to 3.65. That's big. The base clock speed doesn't sound all that interesting, but think about it for a second. That's how you save on battery life. But it's able to boost to over double of what it does. So 1.8 sounds terrible, but it does mean that when you're doing Microsoft Word or something that's not that intensive that requires the machine to boost... You're saving on battery life. But when you finally fire up. Pick your game of choice. Borderlands. What is the big. What is the big. uh, PC destroying game nowadays. It's not crisis anymore. Well whatever it is. When you fire that up. That's when it kicks into high gear. Or better yet for when you're running adobe creative suite sony vegas adobe premiere whatever your creation tool of choice is doing minor edits and eh, the processor just stays at a com- control small when you're rendering 16 threads at over 3 gigahertz that could change up the mobile workstation market in a big, big way. I'm just saying it's going to be huge. Speaking of huge, we have a leak about the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. And unfortunately, the leak does not tell us much. It does, however, tell us what to expect under the hood. We will be expecting on both the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X GDDR6 RAM. For those who don't understand what I just said, really faster RAM. Eight Zen 2 CPU cores. Keep in mind that the PlayStation 4... And the Xbox One X both ran vastly inferior Jaguar cores. They ran AMD cores that were so slow that if they ran a PC, it wouldn't boot. The only reason it worked in the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One X is because those operating systems are remarkably efficient because they had to be. Now you've got eight Zen 2 cores in there. Without knowing the clock speed, I can at least say that is at least a speed increase factor of at least 500%. Just on the architect change alone. That is huge. Both for gaming and also For having operations run in the background, like, say, using your console to try and stream, which you shouldn't do. Please use a capture card and use OBS. You will be doing your stream a lot of huge favors. Trust me. The GPU, however, is when things get interesting. The only thing we know is that the PlayStation 5 will, in fact, use a Navi GPU using... 36 custom compute units at 2 gigahertz and the xbox one x will use 56 custom navi compute units at 1.7 gigahertz so on paper it's already shown the xbox series x is faster we now know for a fact except not really I mean, that's always the big thing, right, is to always say, like, oh, the Xbox is more powerful than, than the PlayStation, or the PlayStation is more powerful than the Xbox, or blah, blah, blah. No one says the Switch is more powerful than either of them, because, let's be honest, no one says that. Even when even the Wii was out. Nintendo's never been about power. Nintendo has always played the correct game. The power of the console matters little. What matters... Is the content. And whatever the content is made. For the Xbox Series X. And the PlayStation 5. It's going to be built to run on. Both. That's just the truth of it. There is no secret there. So even though the PlayStation 5 is technically less powerful in the Series X, they're going to run the same on there. Okay, I should clarify that. Yes, Nintendo did try to play the power game back in the 90s with the N64, but then again, like the big thing back then was bits. 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 Realistically, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X... They're just going to have most of the same games as the PC. That's just going to be the truth of the thing. All right. We're going to take a quick break, quick break here. When we come back, the case of the mis- disappearing camera and Samsung building people will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Here is the challenge: when it comes to developing premium smartphones, because like we talked about earlier, it's very easy now to include what are considered high-end smartphone features into budget phones. For for example, I have the Samsung Galaxy S10. Which is a just shy of a thousand dollar phone. My brother has the Samsung A80, which has almost all of the same features except the back panel of his phone looks more like an acid trip than mine does. Which honestly is an improvement. That 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 back looks really cool, and his back is made made of plastic. Otherwise, it's the same processor, same high-quality ca- cameras. Um, instead of a hole punch, he has a little notch in his. Otherwise, the processor's the same. He has a headphone jack, just like I do. He has, I think, a slightly toned-down processor compared to mine. But his phone costs a third of what mine does. So, with that being said, why would you go for the more expensive one? You need... A, New gimmicks that make make suckers like me go, I want it. Enter OnePlus, who has created a form of glass that is opaque, but can turn transparent without the use of shining a light behind it. This way, by using that, the back of the phone looks like it has no cameras until... They use a camera and then the cameras are visible. Whoa. Now the actual effect they demonstrate here doesn't look all that great. Like you can see kind of an edge around it where it's not. Uh, Someone in the chat actually says it looks like a TN panel and it probably is. I wouldn't actually debate that like at all. But there you go. This is what it come down to. This is how you make people shell out a ton of money for a high-end phone. <sighs> this is what we got. Admittedly though, it is kind of cool. You know what isn't kind of cool? Buying WWE 2K20 and having it not run in 2K20. I kid you not the wrestling game when the when the game detects that it's the year 2020 it stops working something in the code has it failed to launch the game actually crashes when you try entering any game mode after the clock has reached January 1st 2020. There is no word yet if it has been patched. I imagine it already has. I'm going off an article that is four days old. Unfortunately, I can't imagine the makers of this game allowed this thing to stay bricked. As for why and how it happened, I have it. Ha- it definitely has something to do with the clock by adjusting the system clock to be. Before the year 2020, it works. The instant it is the year 2020, it stops working. Good job. Pro move. Pro move, A plus, 21. 2020 game doesn't run in 2020. Which, now, shifting gears radically, brings us to the last bird. The last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. Oh, we actually someone in the ch- in the chat has brought me an update about WWE 2K20 directly from 2K. Which, how did I not realize that two, that WWE 2K20 was made by 2K? That seems so obvious now regardless 2k has officially announced that the issue has been resolved please go restart your wwe 2k 20 game to automatically download the fix if you continue to experience the issues we open a support ticket It has a link thank you again for your patience they actually did in fact solve this problem on january 1st so there you go it is still pretty funny despite the fact that's It was, in fact, fixed actually relatively quickly. Though also from right here, the game actually isn't all that that great and is a pretty buggy mess. But yeah, it, it is pretty funny. Almost as funny as Samsung saying they have an artificial human project. Samsung is going to reveal at CES Project Neon. which they say is, in accordance, is working with Star Labs to create an artificial human. And that's all they're really willing to tell us. The only other thing they're willing to tell us is that Neon is not about Bixby or anything we have seen before. So here's my question. Is Neon about making waifus real? Is is Samsung actually making us all catgirl waifus? Or is this about creating commander data from Star Trek? Because I'm just going to say, if it's just a floating head that we've seen in sci-fi movies for a while, that'd still be pretty cool, but I'd be greatly disappointed if I don't see... Cat girls at CES. I'm just putting it out there. Come on, Samsung. The bar has been set. You have. Like less than a day to make it happen. Good luck. And with that, that is going to close up this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. The very first episode of 2020. Please do give a follow right here. On this podcast, and also ch- make sure to check out my main or po- not our main podcast, but our daily podcast, the early burb briefing, which you can be found at wherever you found this podcast. And also make sure to check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv/slash eaglefalcon. Take care, rest well, and have a good day. CES is coming, and it's gonna be a big, big podcast day. Bye-bye. Right, who is going to make cat girls first? Samsung or Elon Musk? I'm willing to bet Samsung. Even though Samsung most likely is not making cat girls with their Project Neon, I'm just putting it out there. Elon Musk cannot hit a deadline to save his life. Ever. It's a miracle that he's made anything. He is more of a procrastinator than I am. And I am a master procrastinator. That much is without a doubt.